North Rock Podcast. So I'm glad that you're here today, because um, I think that God has something special for all of us today. Um, so I'm going to pray, and we'll get started, all right? And Papa, thank you for your glorious day. Lord, I thank you that every day belongs to you, and that you have miracles and mercies every day for us, fresh, new. And Lord, I step into the um, anointing that you have on my life to just minister uh, in freedom and in truth, Lord God. And I ask, Lord, that, that you would be very present with us. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to do whatever you would do today. And in faith, Lord, we just open up our hearts and we open up our hands and our minds to just let you in, to let you have your way, to let your will be done in us today as it is in heaven. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Well, we're moving towards Easter, and um, the passage that we uh, are looking at today in Luke 9, 51 through 56 um, is, is in the couple weeks or the, in the few days that comes up into Easter. So f- verse 51, Now it came to pass that the time had come for Jesus to be received up to heaven, and he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before him, and as they went, they entered a village of Samaritans to prepare for him to be there. But the village did not receive Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem for the cross. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just like Elijah did? There's a little glee. You can imagine a little glee in their voice. But Jesus said, no. Jesus turned to them and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you're speaking of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. So this, this is Jesus. He's on his way for the last time to go up to Jerusalem to have the, the Passover, the Last Supper, to be crucified and he knows this is his journey. He knows where this is going. And, and I, you know, to whatever degree that the disciples understood things that he was saying, you know, they know that it's important, that they're going with him. And, and probably in their mind, they thought he was going to be installed as king, right? Because you have Palm Sunday, the great entrance, everybody's saying Hosanna, and they think that Jesus is going to reign and this is it. So the disciples and Jesus, they're on their way. They, this is the big finish Different kinds of finish in mind, but big finish. And the Samaritan village is not interested in, in hosting Jesus. So, if, so just if we think about our own lives, have you ever been walking the will of God? You know that you're walking the path. You know that what you're trying to do is God's will. He's told you to do it. And then there are people who get in your way. There are people who reject you. There are people who, like, build brick walls and try to derail you. And maybe it's crossed your mind to call down hellfire on them. Right? I, I mean, I have. I've been, you know, I've been rejected. I've been uh, insulted. Injustice has happened in my life, physically, spiritually. And, and I have, if I'm going to be honest, I have wanted to call down hellfire a time or two. On somebody's head. Now, Denver traffic can inspire you to this on a regular basis because it's crazy out there. It's like road warrior to me. Like, I feel like, you know, you got people going 45 miles an hour in the 60, and then you got people going 90 in like 
and then motorcycles going through. I mean, I'm just waiting for spikes to come out of people's tires and somebody with a big spear to jump up or something. That's what Denver traffic feels like to me. i got to get my game face on. But we, we, we experience this injustice. We experience rejection. We experience people hindering what we believe to be the will of God in our life. And we react to that. And we want to call down hellfire. I mean, the disciples, they definitely felt this way. Um, because we don't do this unless we really think somebody deserves it, right? Right? We, we think somebody deserves it. That's why we, we entertain that idea. And, and James and John, the disciples, they definitely thought the Samaritans deserved this. Because if you remember from some of our previous um, time together, that the Samaritans were half-breeds. They were half-Jewish. They were half-not-Jewish. And they were shunned. In fact, there were prayers that were given up daily in the temple, not for their redemption, but for their rejection. They didn't want them to have any part in the inheritance of the Jews. And so they prayed daily to God for their rejection. And, and Jesus, you know, didn't, he didn't entertain that, right? He talked to the, the woman at the well where he told her her life and she brought her whole village. That was a Samaritan. One of his first ministry, missionaries of, of Christ was a Samaritan. And, and Christ's open-handed and open-heartedness towards them just revealed the racism and the elitism in the hearts of the disciples. And I have to think about what it, what it sounded like for James and John to hear Jesus say, you do not know the manner of spirit you speak from. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And I have to imagine that this came as a bit of a surprise to James and John, right? They thought that this was the right answer. Right? I mean, Elijah did it, right? It's in the Bible. This should be the right answer. And Jesus says, no. Jesus says, that's not who I am. I was raised in a, a church that talked a lot about the wrath of God. And God was a mad God. God was angry. God forgave us, but he never forgot what we did. And that was like literally said in, bio, in, in Sunday school. Like, like for verbatim. God forgives you, but he won't forget what you did. In fact, you have to stand before this great white throne of judgment at the end of eternity, and he will judge you. And as a kid, this, to be honest, this really didn't make a lot of sense to me. Because on one hand, I'm in Sunday school, and I'm singing, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I'm being taught about the parable of the lost sheep and how the good shepherd leaves 99 to go get that lost sheep and how there's no crying in heaven and it's going to be a beautiful, wonderful place. And that's painted, the picture is painted on one side. And then on the other side is this God who's angry, who you're going to be terrified of. And he's just going to be like, ah, here's everything you did wrong in your whole life. And, you know, I was a little kid. It already had to be huge, let alone like the rest of my life. And, and, In fact, when I was in a high school one day, the Sunday school teacher is teaching about this. And again, I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. How can you say that God is going to judge me for everything that I've done in my life and all the things that I've done wrong when this scripture says that he forgives us and he moves our transgressions as far as the east is from the west and he buries them in the sea and he forgets them, them, remembers them no more. How can you say this? How does this make sense? Well, it didn't, didn't go very well for me after that. 
to be honest. Um, the Sunday school teacher told the pastor, and the pastor told me I wasn't allowed to ask any more questions. Like, and, and I, not only that, but I wasn't allowed to speak up in Sunday school. And uh, not too long after that, we got kicked out. For other, there were like a whole things, a lot of things they didn't like about us. One was I had a call to ministry, and I wasn't the right gender. Um, but <laughs> there was this. This was how I was raised, and what I what I knew in part then, or what I had an inkling about then, has only deepened as a conviction in my life, and that is that only, only, only the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Only the enemy brings our offenses up to us. You know, prophetic people can call us out of sin and back to God. And it is, and it is a prophetic word when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and draws us back to God. But only the enemy rubs our face in it. Only the enemy brings shame and guilt. Only the enemy sits there and, and rehearses things that have already been forgiven. Because it's true that he buries them in the sea. And it's true that he moves them away from us as far as the east is from the west. But scripture does talk about the judgment of God. So, so what do we do? How do we hold, in, how do we hold these two things? The, the love of God and this judgment of God. How do we understand these two things together? Well, I know that I know that I know that we're not supposed to judge other people. So there is a judgment seat, but you know who doesn't sit on it? Me. I don't sit on it. Jesus sits on it. So I'm not allowed to judge another person because Jesus gets to do that. I'm also not allowed to judge myself because I don't sit on the judgment seat. right? And that's kind of a whole other sermon to like unpack about why we judge ourselves and what that does to other people. But I know that I know that I know that Jesus sits on the judgment seat. And he's not an accuser. When, I was selling our, when we were selling our house about four years ago to move here, um, we put it up for sale, and, and, it's, and it was not a seller's market like it is here. It's a completely different market. And we waited for months for someone to even put in an offer. And, and some people finally did put in an offer. And... It wasn't like a good offer. It wasn't the best offer. But we took it because I had, I had a mission. I was trying to get to Denver. I was trying to work with Chad. I was trying to be here with you people. And as we were going through the process of selling the house, these people came back and, and they kept wanting unreasonable things. So we did a little research and we looked them up and, and we found out that they're not, they were not very good people. In fact, the money that they were using to buy our house probably didn't come in a very reputable way. And they were just, they had this idea, and and we know this because their realtor told us, that they could take us for any amount of money they wanted. And that because of the, the way the market was, that they could get us to do whatever they wanted us to do. And I'm like, you know, I'm the disciples in Jesus, right? I'm, I'm going on God's path to my future, and these people are getting in the way of it. And they're trying to screw me over. And I was, I was not happy. I, I, you know, I, I might have been a little mad, angry. 
And, and that was one of those circumstances where I did want to call down fire on somebody's head. But I remembered who I believed Jesus to be. And so I took the posture of that of David. King David, whenever his enemies came against him, he would go before, the, before God and he would say, God, will you search my heart? And will you judge me and my enemy? Because if there's anything that they're saying that's true, I need you to tell me that. But if it's not, I need you to, like, deal with them. So I t- we took this posture, the same as David, and we prayed. I asked for the Lord to judge between us. And to us, the Lord said, you need to be reasonable. You don't get to retaliate. You don't get to, like, trash the house or something, you know, put rice in the uh, lawnmower tank. or Like, he told us we had to maintain a, po- a posture of honor. And... I don't know what God said to them, but they stopped making unreasonable demands. And we sold our house at a fair, reasonable, reasonable price. And in that experience, when I asked God to judge between us, I really felt his love because he moved on our behalf. Justice was done. So I don't judge others. I don't judge myself, but I stand before the throne and I, and I ask God to judge the situation. I ask God to judge the situation. When we have judgment on others and we desire for God to judge others, it should be a trigger to us that we need to come before God and do some work, that he wants something more for our hearts because Jesus didn't do this to other people, right? You don't know what manner of spirit you're speaking from. So one time I was thinking just a couple years ago about, you know, this judgment in heaven and, and what I am learning for judgment to be. And, and this other verse came to mind that on earth as it is in heaven, and that was Jesus' prayer. So if at the end of my life that I'm going to stand before this throne of, of, of heaven and have God judge me, and I'm not scared by that, but Jesus prays for things to be done on earth as it is in heaven, what might that mean? And this idea came to me that what if I ask God to judge me now? What if, instead of waiting till the end of my life, I ask God to look at my heart now, to lay it open before him, to be completely transparent with him, and let him, let him have that judgment? And that was a pretty scary thought. Because it's like willingly walking into the principal's office, right? And saying... Tell me how I can do better on everything about school. Or walking into your boss's office and saying, tell me how I can do better about everything in my job. Or asking your spouse, tell me everything I can do better in our life. That's pretty scary. Well, I thought about it for a year. (laughs) And eventually, eventually I got... I got brave. Eventually I got brave, and I prayed, and I had this time with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want you to judge me. Like, I want that, I want that throne experience to happen now. Because either, like, that's going to go poorly for me, and I'm just going to go on to glory, <laughs> or there's something on the other side of that that I can experience here on earth. There's a refinement and a witness that I can be here on earth that maybe I'd miss out on. 
So like I said, I got real brave. (laughs) And I prayed and I asked. And what happened was an intensity that I had only experienced in my baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was intensity and I felt this like fire coming over me. And, and it just like burned in, and it burned down into my bones. And it was so intense on the inside of me that I felt like my flesh was melting and I, I cried aloud. I cried aloud. And I, and I grabbed with both, both fists into the blanket that I, was, that I was on top of praying and I just held on because I wasn't going to quit because I'm kind of stubborn. And I held on and I said, Lord, it, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this with you. And like I said, it, it was so intense that I screamed aloud and then it passed. And it passed and it like faded away. And I survived because I'm here. Just in case, you know, spoiler. Um, and what he said to me on the other side of it was not this list of things I was doing wrong. There was no sin list on the other side. There was no, hey, you need to go do that. Instead, on the other side of it was, I love you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. That was his judgment over me. I love you. I'm proud of you. It made me think about John the Baptist when he was talking about Jesus and he said that someone will come who will baptize you with spirit and with fire. I've prayed that prayer a couple times since and it's gotten way easier. (laughs) Not as intense. Um, But the freedom and the love that I feel on the other side remains the same. Now it's my safe space, actually. So... For me, it is God's love, that he would love me enough to tell me the truth, that he would apply the blood of Jesus to the area of sin in my heart and my life, and I can stand in the righteousness of Christ on the other side of that. Like the cross is really real today, not in the future, but like right now. And I can stand in that. And therefore, it's also freedom to me. It's freedom to me to be able to stand before the God of the universe, open-handed, open-hearted, fully transparent, And to be known by him. And to not be afraid of that. Right? Because the enemy wants us to be afraid of that. He wants us to hide our nakedness. He wants to hide our shame. Because there he has control. But when I'm in front of the Lord, when I'm in front of that throne, when I am fully, fully exposed to the Lord, the enemy's got nothing. The enemy's got nothing. And if there's one thing that will motivate me to be brave ever in this world, it is to rob away from the enemy. I want him to lose so badly. I want him to regret the day I was born and he ever came and bothered me, right? Like, so I'm an escalator, right? I don't want to just take back what the enemy has stolen from me. I want to take it back with interest and him to regret the day he ever picked a fight with me. Amen? I don't want him to win an iota. So if I can be brave and steal back from him and cause him to be so ineffective in my life and the life of other people, I can do that. I can do that. 
Graham Cook says that the safest place for us is in the fire, that the enemy cannot follow us in there. He loses all of his power. No more stronghold, no more foothold, no more shame, no more guilt. Just you and the good, good God who has loved you and is proud of you. And every other lie loses its power. It is scary for God to ask God to look at our hearts. That's scary. I want to acknowledge what I'm suggesting today. It reveals to us how much we actually believe that God is good. And it reveals to us how much we actually trust him. You know, once a desperate father said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. And this is my prayer. I pray this a lot. I believe, help my unbelief. I trust, help me to trust more. So when I think about this fire experience that I have, and I think about the love that I felt, it's, things started to make sense to me in a certain way about who God is, and that he is pure love. And there are things in this world, when they are pure, they burn. So oxygen, pure oxygen, will spontaneously light on fire. Spontaneously explode. Magnesium, when you touch it to your skin, will burn. There are things that when they are pure, they burn. And God's love is pure. And it's his love that refines us. It's his love that brings freedom. And so maybe it's not that we have sinned, but that we need to get through that place where we trust him and we allow him to love us with his pure love. His pure love that burns away all the dross and the fear and the doubt and the guilt and the shame. When I ask God to judge me, I'm expressing to him that I trust him, that I believe he's good. And that he's got something for me on the other side of that. I get to stand in freedom of his pure love. So I want you to stand up. And I want to give us a chance to respond to the Lord this morning. If the worship team will come up. For me, this is how truth sets us free. Not because we're accused. But because we're refined by him. Not because we have to face everything and know all the things that we failed at, but because he gets to take care of it when we trust him. I'm going to give you the opportunity to come forward and just talk to the Lord about this. If you want to trust him more, please come forward. If you believe in him, but you want to believe in him more, Please come forward. If you've been experiencing things in your life and those people are hindering and, and challenging you and you want to call down a hellfire on their head because injustice has been done, but God wants to talk to you about your heart, please come forward. And if you want God to refine you, you just want to go deeper. You don't want the enemy to have a foothold in your heart or your life anymore. Please come forward.
just going to give you time. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to give you a chance to hear from God yourself because he wants to say something to you. I believe that with all my heart. You could have been at brunch, but you're here today. What does God want to say to you? Will you give him the opportunity? Will you take that step of faith to just give him the chance to speak to you? Will you take that step of faith to let him shine his light on your heart and to tell you the thing that you're terrified that that he'll say? And that's that he loves you. And he's proud of you. He's not going to sit there and beat you up, I promise. Because he's good. So we just want to give him an opportunity to speak to us and minister to our hearts. And they're going to, worship team's going to pray and sing over us in the spirit for a little bit. Lord God, we just surrender to you today, Lord. I pray that we would surrender more and more of our heart to you. Lord God, would you give us courage, Lord God, where we don't trust you, where we doubt where we failed us, Lord God, where we think that you have abandoned us, Lord God. Lord, we just come to you and we hold that wound open and we say, God, will you speak to this? Lord, where, where maybe we're offended by something that you did, we, we asked you and you didn't show up. We looked for you and we couldn't see you. Lord God, where we believed and, and we feel like you left. Lord, we hold open that wound and we say, God, will you speak to this? And Lord God, where we have shame, where we have guilt, where we have sin, and we are afraid for you to see it. Even though you see everything, Lord God, we're afraid to show it to you. Lord, would you come and speak lovingly to us? Will you tell us how kind you are? Will you, will you show us how much you love us? Will you show us the cross? Will you show us Jesus? Will you show us how you've already taken care of that and paid that ransom. Lord God, we give you permission this morning. We give you permission to say what you would say and have your will and your way in our hearts today. We give you permission, Lord. Maybe you're in a good spot today and God's love is very real for you. I want us to just worship him. So if this is you, would you put your hands up and could we just worship him together and just praise him and thank him, Lord? Lord, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you that you are pure love. Lord, you don't love like us. You're not weak like us. You don't fail like us. Lord, you don't love in mixture with with motivations that are selfish. You are the most selfless, loving, giving, kind, wonderful God. Lord, we just receive your love today. Lord, would you help us experience, Lord, that we know that we know that we know that we've experienced your love. We've experienced you say to us, I love you. I'm proud of you. Holy Father. Holy Father, we just received from you. God is not, does not love because he's good and because he's holy. God is good and holy because he is perfect love. Mm, Holy Lord God. I just want us to linger in his presence just a little bit more. As you guys down here are talking and and doing business with the Lord, we we just want to give him the space to continue to move. And if, 
If you need prayer, I want you to raise your hand. We have people here who can pray with you. But more than anything, I want you to hear from God himself because that will change your life. To hear God himself say, I love you. I'm proud of you. That will wreck you. That will tear you up. So if you, if you just need to do business with the Lord, we're just going to give some space for that. But if you need prayer and need somebody to pray with you, do raise your hand. I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to pray and dismiss us and, and uh, please feel free to go. But if you need to linger until you and the Lord have a place of peace with one another, please know that there's space for that. There's room for that. We'll keep playing. We'll keep praying with you until you and God got your business done. Um, but I'm going to pray for a, dis- a dismissal for us, Lord God. Oh, Papa, I just praise you for these brave hearts. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. You are so good. You are so good. Lord God, I pray that today... Lord, we would know that, we would feel that, we would experience that. Lord, I pray that freedom would break through in this place, that freedom would break through in this place. Lord God, we give you all the glory, all the glory, all the glory. In your holy name, amen. Thank you for listening to this North Rock resource. To find out more information about North Rock Church, Check us out at www.northrockchurch.com.